my mind is filled with so many things this morning. I, I uh, when I found out from Roger um, the song that he had chosen for the choir, "Keep Your Hand to the Plow," it reminded me that that kind of sets the context for for what we're doing uh, this week. Uh, the Holy Spirit has it's clear. Um, from scripture and the history of the church has been blowing in different ways and, and different directions um, in sending people into the world in Jesus' name. Um, and although what worked 100 years ago isn't necessarily what the Spirit is doing today, um, we are at Knox Church attempting to keep our hands on the plow. Um, we are saying that we believe that God is ascending God. We are saying that that sending is a part of our DNA. And in fact, our, our, a core value of Knox Church, following Jesus, loving the city and serving the world is not going away anytime too soon. Um, but this week in a few different ways, uh, you're gonna hear from um, Mike Barlow this morning. Um, Tomorrow evening here in the sanctuary, you're going to hear from Andy Bannister from Ravi Zacharias Ministries. And next week, we're going to hear from TV Thomas um, around how God is sending us. The whole week is really built around our, our friendship and our longtime commitment um, with Gord and Brendan Nickerson, who are our missionaries who live in suburban Chicago and yet who work much and most of the time in equipping teams of young adults uh, to serve and do Christian uh, ministry um, in Europe. And in fact, our team uh, last year and this year has been joining um, with uh, Gordon Brenda in, in their ministry. And so, so this is uh, what we're exploring together. Uh, the secondly, when Bethany stood up, um, I just was reminded again every time one of uh, Katie or Emily or Bethany, whenever I see them, is a, is a beautiful reminder that, that their great-grandfather was my dad's mentor in ministry and mission. And their, grand, their great-grandparents' home, which their grandparents just sold and are moving out of, uh, was like a sacred shine, uh, shrine for our family. My mom's here this morning. And we just remember walking into uh, old Mrs. Fuller's bedroom because she was bedridden. And just, I have to say, um, the words I would use now, I didn't really understand it then, but, but there was the presence of the Spirit in her room. And particularly as she blessed us and invited us to pray with her. And that map of the world, which I can still see as if it was yesterday, was, was on her bedroom um, and because of her commitment to pray for gospel ministry around the world. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's just nice for me and my family to, to have the presence of the Fuller family uh, in our church together. To, it reminds me of my, my own heritage and, uh, and my calling. It's a special privilege uh, for me today to, uh, to welcome and to work with, uh, with Mike Barlow uh, in the presentation this morning. Um, Mike and Tina have been longtime friends of ours through the ministry and the community of Muskoka Woods. We've raised our kids together uh, in that community. Um, they're still friends as young adults to this day, and, and we keep in close touch, and we're involved in many, many things together, and we have been for a lot of years. Um, Mike serves as the chaplain um, at Muskoka Woods and in that community. And uh, Muskoka Woods, at uh, the center of that ministry is a summer camp, a very large uh, summer camp in Muskoka. 
And uh, uh, a number of years ago, we started to realize that we were, um, our summer staff, um, which is around 350 seasonal staff every summer, that we basically had a small high school of young adults on our campus, on our property, 17-year-olds to 25-year-olds, and uh, received this really this call to disciple uh, and not just to reach out to the campers and to our guests, um, but to realize that this, this, uh, this sample, fairly large, significant sample of young people from across Canada and really around the world um, was something that God was giving us. And Mike and Tina have been at the heart of that ministry. Um, Mike's the chaplain. Uh, they work with our staff coaches or staff pastors in the summer. Um, they follow up and pastor nine different Christian communities of Muskoka Woods alumni on nine different um, Ontario campus, university campuses. But one of the things in the center of that has been something that God has been showing us, and that is this opportunity that we have to take people um, on short-term learning experiences, short-term mission, short-term um, service trips. And Mike and Tina have been at the center of that. And um, Mike and I are gonna talk about that today as, as one way to access our, our theme um, for this week. And um, actually, we're gonna pray with Mike and Tina along with Bethany and Rachel near the end of the service uh, today. Mike and Tina are actually leaving tomorrow uh, to go to Romania for their umpteenth trip with uh, um, several of our staff. And, uh, but we're, we're gonna, Mike and I are gonna explore together in conversation um, the connection between discipleship and mission in that short-term experience. And we're gonna try to listen um, to, to God speaking through the conversation, through the scripture, um, and through Mike's witness this morning. So Mike, why don't we start off and uh, just invite you to... Um, uh, yeah, set the stage for us. Tell us what you're doing, what goes on, mm -hmm. um, how long has it been going on, the frequency of trips, hmm. how did it all start, things like that. Just give us a, give us a picture of that. Well, first of all, uh, thank you for, for having uh, Tina and I here this, this weekend and uh, for the opportunity to be able to, to speak and to dialogue about... Um, our experience, and uh, you know, just a quick side note, while we're talking about heritage, uh, I grew up, uh, my earliest memories in my own spiritual journey were of uh, York Memorial Presbyterian Church where I grew up, and uh, every Sunday morning the call to worship was holy, 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 and uh, those, those memories for me are, are deeply embedded in, in my own mind, and uh, so, great to be here. Love the windows, love the windows. If you want to come back next week, we can sing holy, 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 because Nick no. Renault is also a Presbyterian from birth, and he's always asking for that, too. I think his memory experience is exactly the same as yours. So Paul and I have to work very hard this morning just at not going off on, on tangents, because, uh, you know, that's just who we are and what, what we love and enjoy about one another. And... Uh, so uh, I'm here to talk a little bit about Impact Romania, and um, Impact Romania is actually the name of the partnership that exists between uh, international teams um, and uh, Pascu Pass, which is the Romanian foundation uh, that we work alongside. And Pascu Pass uh, means step by step. 
uh, in Romanian. And uh, the ministry is located in the Transylvania region of Romania. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the country of Romania. It's a fairly large country. Uh, the Transylvania region is in the northwest of the country. And we base ourselves, we have based ourselves for the past 15 years uh, in the city of Cluj which is the second uh, most populated uh, city in the country. It's only, it's only a city of about 300,000, um, but the next biggest city is Bucharest, and it's, it's a couple of million, two or three million. It's, it's Toronto size, so um, not, maybe not quite the size of Toronto. Um, and so tomorrow, as Tina and I depart with our team of six university students, it will be the 44th a team that we have taken since 2001 uh, to the same city of Cluj, to the same orphanages, to the same seniors' homes, to the same hospitals uh, over the course of, of 15 years. Uh, in total, about 282 different people have, have joined in uh, our mission to, to Romania. And we take, about, we take as many as four teams a year. This year we're only taking uh, a couple. Uh, but uh, just to provide some context for you, uh, the roots of this partnership go back to 2001, and it actually it grew out of a desire at Muskoka Woods uh, to provide a leadership development experience for staff. And, and, and plans were actually made in 2001 to take a team uh, to Quito, Ecuador. Uh, which is, you know, one of, one of the first places we see God's hand at work in all of this. Uh, we were scheduled to go to Quito, Ecuador, and because of an administrative uh, blunder on their end, they had booked in two groups to come at the same time. And uh, we were supposed to be going with international teams, and so international teams came back to us and said, would you consider going somewhere else? Because they cannot accommodate two teams at the same time. And one of our staff back in 2001 had lived in Romania for a year, and Romania was one of the options, and so uh, we elected to take a team um, to Romania. And that's, in the, that's ultimately how we ended up um, going to Romania. And for, from 2001 to 2005, uh, to be perfectly honest, it was a non-strategic, random relief ministry focus. Um, if any of you are familiar with Romanian history, uh, the revolution happened in 1989. That's when the government was overthrown and Ceausescu was um, executed. And uh, so in 2001, we were only about 12 years removed from the end of the revolution. And so, um, you know, Eastern Europe, Romania was, was, was still recovering. Uh, still is to this day uh, from the effects of the communist uh, regime. So that's a, a little bit of, of the context um, for ministry. So, so move, us, move us from that bigger picture to, um, you know, what you, what you actually, give us a little smaller picture mm -hmm. of what you actually do on the ground. What are your teams engaged in? And what are you going to do this next week, next couple of weeks uh, as you go? Um, just give us a picture of the sort of the tactile, hands-on sort of situation and focus. Well, it really, you know, it's, it's been a ministry which I'll allude to in a minute or I'll, I'll, I'll flush out a little bit more in a second, but it's, it's really evolved over, over the 15 years that, that we've been going. But, but uh, on a broad level, we, we focus on uh, institutionalized Romanian orphans and young adult orphans that live independently uh, in Northwest Romania, specifically 
the city of Cluj. We also work with, with children and adults uh, with, with significant um, physical and, and mental, psychological uh, challenges. We visit seniors' homes and we visit, uh, we visit hospitals. So um, there's, there's a program execution component uh, there's a relational component. There's a there's a pastoral component. You know, when we go to seniors' homes, we will um, really just just bless people for for lack of a a better term. Uh, um, you know, pray with them, uh, comfort them, uh, show pictures, uh, bring things that they might not necessarily get on a regular basis. Um, you know, but really the need that we're addressing is poverty of relationship, whether it's, whether it's with young children or seniors. You know, Mother, Mother Teresa said that, um, you know, that loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. She's the one who, uh, to my knowledge, coined that phrase, poverty of relationship. And really that is the need that, that we address in Romania is this, this poverty uh, of, romation, of, of relationship, and, and the overall you know, goal is to develop Romanian orphans to grow in character and influence in their world. Uh, you know, I, w- I was looking at these kids sitting over here today, and, and you know, your aspirations for these kids, our aspirations for these kids are no different than our aspirations for, for the young uh, children in Romania. Uh, the only difference is that, that these uh, kids have a supportive community around them, a community that's committed, not just their parents, but, but us together as a church community to, to support and encourage and foster their growth. And, and in, an, in an orphan situation, they don't have that. Like one of, one of, the, one of the questions um, that, that comes up when it comes to short-term service, short-term trips, and you know it's been it's been in the air in Christian conversation in blogs and articles and and is is this this, this idea of you know um, a group of North American um, and in our case with Muskoka Woods fairly privileged Canadian kids young adults um, just kind of catapulting into some place. Um, uh, one of the terms is used is evangelical tourism. You know, just traveling. You know, just as part of their part of their sort of experiential uh, need and uh, doing some things, having a great time, and then just going back and mm-hmm. and um, and like talk to us a little bit about um, like where does the where does the credibility um, come from hmm. in 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 your trips like and where, like where do you where do you see that that credibility? Obviously, you've been doing it now for a long time, mm-hmm. um, over forty trips, hundreds of young adults, a lot of them connected to Muskoka Woods. Um, like, where does the where does the credibility of the gospel on the ground um, come from? Do you think? It's a I mean, it's a great question, and it, and it is a tension, and I think the credibility. Uh, comes from from long-term commitment. Um, you know, short-term experience is really a bit of an, a misnomer, uh, particularly um, in, in, in the case of Impact Romania. Um, I th- I've been involved in camping ministry, ministry for 27 years, uh, and I noticed in your bulletin there this morning just a little note about Knox camps that are going to be running this summer and your, and your aspirations for, for those camps and for the kids that come to those camps, you know, relationship building, presenting the gospel uh, to them um, in, a, in a fun and well-programmed environment. And, 
And really, the thing that attracted me to, to Impact Romania from the get-go was this long-term commitment to a community, even though, you know, we would take teams for a short-term experience. Um, and, and it's no different than camping ministry. We, we get kids every summer for a week and very early on, I recognized that for some of those kids, that may be the only week we ever see them. And in that sense, it's a short-term ministry opportunity, a short-term experience uh, in that sense. And so I think the credibility comes from a long-term commit, commitment uh, that's rooted in relationship. Right from day one, our goal was to develop a partnership with those in Romania um, that we would be working with. You know, it's not, it's not rooted in expertise, it's rooted in relationship. And, and the first time I went in 2017 and I joined a team that went to Romania at Christmas, uh, and the people that we encountered on our first trip, um, it, it seemed to us that we already had credibility uh, based on the fact that so many people had been there before us and we, we, were, we had credibility by association. Um, you know, people were very interested if we were coming back. They were very interested what we thought about their city and what we thought about their country. And, and, and each time you return, uh, that credibility uh, increases. And I think uh, it also comes from understanding, you know, the context. Um, and, and for those of you that have been involved in mission work, either on a short-term experience or for the long-term. I, I met Hanukkah there just, just prior to the service this morning, and uh, she was sharing a little bit about her work in, in Tanzania. Uh, you know how important it is to understand uh, the cultural context, the, the cultural challenges that exist. In, in, Ro in uh, Romania, um, the Roma population, the Romani people are, are the second largest uh, ethnic minority in the country. There's some 600,000 uh, Romani people that live uh, in Romania, and that's significant because a large number of the orphans that we're engaging with, that we're involved with, are from uh, Roma families, have a Roma background. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they have been subjected, like many of the orphans, uh, to um, all types of abuse, uh, violence, neglect, uh, and, and, and one of the challenges for, for those uh, Roma individuals is that when they leave the orphanage, nobody wants to employ them, nobody wants to rent a house to them, and, and, so, and, and the fact that they're orphans also carries with it a stigma. And so, so as, a, as an organization, as a community, uh, one of our, our goals is to figure out how do we uh, help these young kids become stable, and, and productive uh, and influential. It, it is interesting that whole, the credibility factor by, you know, the constancy and the continuity. When one mm -hmm. of the things that I think we're noticing is that, that churches are beginning to focus their attention on certain, either a country or a geographical area or a mission mm -hmm. and, and to, to kind of pray and connect and develop relationships with those places. I mean, if you could imagine that, that, that every, every church in Toronto could choose, um, uh, there's hundreds and hundreds of churches, choose a certain area in the world to begin to pray about, to begin to send, like, build a relationship with. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be fascinating to, to see what, what good ministry and mission um, could take place, and, and in, a, in a way that includes 
you know, families, includes our young people, young adult students. Um, um, uh, Mike, our, our theme this week is the connection between mission and discipleship. Mm -hmm. And discipleship is something that we have, we've talked a lot and are praying a lot about and working on uh, here at Knox Church as we're designing a discipleship pathway, one of our strategic um, emphasis uh, now and upcoming, but um, t talk to us about um, that connection. How do you see these mission experiences, mm -hmm. these serving opportunities, these these times of mission, these times of sort of more focused mission? How do you see that feeding into the discipleship of you know the young adults that you're that you're working with and that mm -hmm. you're you're leading? I've, uh, as Paul mentioned, Tina and I have been affiliated with Muskoka Woods for a number of years, and um, and and for us, the connection between um, mission and discipleship uh, really flows from from our desire uh, to be a living exhibition uh, of life with with God. I mean that that for at Muskoka Woods, that's our mission, and and I don't think that's an exclusive Muskoka Woods thing. I think as the church, uh, our desire is to be a, a living exhibition of life with God, is to bring the kingdom of God to bear on the world today as as we live uh, in the here and now, and um, and and part of that for us. Uh, both individually and as a community is, is the recognition that it's, uh, that it's God who works in us and God works through us uh, to make that happen. You know, it's not just about this little camp up on the shore of, of Lake Rosso. It's, it's much, it's much uh, bigger than that. And, and that is one of the things that we uh, emphasize with, with our teams, right? That, 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 as we've heard this morning, God is ascending God, and 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 ministry does not stop, does not end within the four walls of your church building or the the borders of your camp uh, property. Uh, it it you know I always have that image of of the pebble in the pond, you know where it where it, it radiates out from the center, and and it's not one of those things that where you make the jump from here over to there. It, it it's it's constant. It's you know on the way type of stuff, right? Where you're like, you know, I I'm going to Romania tomorrow, but it's it's not just ministry here and then ministry in Romania. It's it's ministry on the way. We're we're going to be traveling with with six uh, young adults who are all at different um, stages of faith. They're all at different places in their spiritual journey. And and one of the privileges, one of the exciting pieces for Tina and I is is to journey with them on the way to minister, on the way. So ministry happens in Romania, it happens with our staff. We minister to them, they minister to us, and it's this, it's this constant, ongoing uh, thing that happens, you know? Um, uh, the, the text that you gave us, um, that Hanukkah read, is the text from um, Luke's Gospel, chapter six, hmm. and um, Take us, take us through that text, Mike, and, and, and help us as you, you share with us how you, how you prepare um, students and young adults um, for, their, for their ministry. Just, and give us, a, give us a glimpse of a, a kind of a framework for maybe for ministry and mission for all of us. This text 
is a fantastic uh, little passage, and if you want to open your Bibles to, to Luke chapter 6, verses 12 to 18, we'll just, we'll spend a couple of minutes looking at it, because for us, really, it has become, it has become the framework that we hang all of our, our team preparation and our team uh, development on. Uh, when we examine Jesus' life in the Gospels, there's a pattern that emerges. There's a pattern that, that's, that's very evident. He spends time on his own. And we see that, we see that often, whether, it's, whether it was right after his baptism when he's led into the wilderness, uh, whether it's just taking those times of solitude to go up into the hills to pray. Even in the text that we read this morning in Luke chapter 9, uh, he, as soon as the disciples got back, you know, his desire was to lead them away to a quiet place in another town, but, but, but the crowds were just relentless. They were pursuing him, and, 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 and they just weren't able to, to get that at that particular time. But, but there's a pattern where Jesus spends time alone. He spends time with his disciples. Sometimes it's the three, sometimes it's the 12, and perhaps a larger group, and then he spends time with the masses. And that um, is laid out beautifully here, in Luke chapter six. Uh, and I just wanna um, quickly read that through again. It says, during those days he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. So the first, the first piece uh, really is, is solitude. A couple of years ago, well, many years ago, uh, author Henry Nouwen uh, wrote a beautiful little article which Paul actually introduced me to, um, me and a number of staff at, at Muskoka Woods. Um, entitled Solitude, Community, and Ministry, and it was based on this passage, uh, Luke chapter 6. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the, the development pieces that, that we uh, bring to, to our teams is to, is to help them develop a rhythm, help them develop a rhythm in their lives, and we see that rhythm in this text, and the first piece is solitude. Everything flows out of solitude. It's not, it's not so much that, that the framework that this text provides is linear. Uh, it is in this text, but these things are happening all the time. And, and, and for those of us who have been on the spiritual journey for a long time, you recognize the importance of solitude. You recognize the importance of drawing away. And for, for our young staff, uh, in a world that is very noisy, uh, solitude uh, can be a bit of a foreign concept. Um, and yet, it's this rhythm, this structure uh, that, that we see in Luke chapter 6 that is, that is the basis. It forms the basis for everything that we do. Solitude provides us with an opportunity to commune with God. It's a, it's a place, you know, for Jesus, the wilderness was a place uh, where his identity was affirmed as the Son of God. For us, solitude is a place where our identity is, is affirmed as children of God, where we, we are confident of who we are. You know, I, I, love, I love John chapter 13 when Jesus uh, washes the disciples' feet. And, 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 you know, we focus on the actual foot washing, but, but the beautiful little verse in that text was that, was that just before Jesus washed the disciples' feet, there's this, there's this verse that says he, he knew where he had come from and he knew where he was going. You know, he knew that God had given all things into his hands. And, and then it says, so he got up. And it's just this idea of, of confidence in who God is, you know. Jesus, in the most stressful moment of his life, just before he's about to go to the cross, gets up 
and goes and does something so unconventional that, that any of the onlookers there would have said, what are you doing? In fact, that's what Peter says. He goes, you'll, you'll never wash my feet. And yet, and yet Jesus had this freedom to act because of the confidence that he had in who he was and where he was going. And, and, and that is fashioned in a place of solitude. That's what, that's what God wants to do for us in solitude. So that's the first piece. And then Jesus comes down the hill, the text goes on, and it says that he, he chooses the 12. He chooses his community. He chooses the disciples, and it names them. And this is the, this is the group of people that he's going to minister to. And, you know, now and always says community is the, is the place where you find the people that you least want to spend time with. Uh, you know, he, he's, and he's right. And, 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 and so for us, you know, encouraging our team members to, to, to spend time uh, in the Word of God, preparing themselves um, for community. That's, that's what solitude does. Solitude prepares us for community because, because in community, you need to exercise uh, forgiveness, with one another, but you also celebrate one another. You begin to recognize what each of you brings to the table, and you celebrate the gifts and, and, the, and the contributions that one another make. And so, so there's solitude, there's community, and then there's ministry. You know, I love, I love in this text where it talks about Jesus coming down with his disciples, and, and as uh, Hanukkah read this morning, power went out from him. You know, he didn't actually reach out and touch anybody. It just said that people were healed because power was going, was going out from him. And, you know, our desire is that we would be a community that power, that power goes out from, that, that because of our, our, our time spent with, with God in solitude, uh, our, our, our ability to forgive one another and celebrate with one another the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us as a community uh, to minister to one another, but, but also that... Because of that, the power will go out from us and, and begin to bring healing. Um, you know, one of, the, one of our first uh, forays into Romania, um, you know, one of, the, one of the great things about a short-term ministry experience is that you don't have to go through language training. And I'm not sure if that was Bethany that shared that this morning or, or Rachel about uh, not having mastered Mandarin yet, um, but but we don't have to we don't have to do that at the extent that you would have to do that. And um, uh, but one of the things I did realize was that uh, you know we waste words in North America. Um, you know, I, I, the, the word proclaim caught my eye this morning as we were reading through the Book of Luke, uh, and I just made a little note there that you know I I wonder what that you know. What does proclamation mean? And, and for us, as we go to Romania, one of the things that it means for me is that, is that you, you just have to be. I, I don't have the words to say most times. I can't sit down you know, with a, a young little eight-year-old and, and ask him how his day went. And so, and so it becomes about the non-word, the non-verbal. And, uh, and yet there's power in that, you know. Uh, again, uh, you know, it's, it's this ministry of, of presence, this ministry of being. And um, so I, uh, yeah, that's, that was a bad end. My goodness, you can go on forever. <laughs> I could on, go, on I this. could go. You know, um, I've heard you go on forever about this. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is one of the reasons why we invited you to come. Yeah. Um, Mike, there's so many ripple effects, hmm. so many repercussions. Um, 
that that even including some that we we never expected. Obviously, you know, over over 20 years and dozens and dozens of people, there's change happening in Romania. The staff of, of we're hearing stories of staff of mm-hmm. orphanages connecting with public officials, pastors, people on the ground in different ways. Um, another one that I remember, a ripple effect, is when we got really cheeky with this at Muskoka Woods and we, we, we sent out in our registration package mm. to parents who we were already charging a fairly significant amount of money to send their kids to our camp. Um, we actually also invited them to participate with us by putting together um, a package, Bags, each yeah. family for each guest that came to our camp with a sleeping bag and with all kinds of personal care items. And I remember that one summer we did it and we thought it would just trickle in. And halfway through the summer, we had to hire a full-time staff just to deal with it because literally hundreds of our parent community responded in an overwhelming way uh, to, to um, you know, to partner with us uh, in this. And so, again, and, and many of those parents, no, no Christian background, no, no church connection or affiliation. Um, uh, talk to us about the transformation of, of, tell us some a couple of stories, give us a couple of examples in, in terms of the transformation of some people hmm. who've gone on the teams. And I know that a couple of them are really close, you know, close to your heart. Yeah, I, th- you know, um, our whole family actually has been, you know, has been uh, impacted by Impact Romania. Uh, the, the first, the first member of our family to, to go to Romania was our son in 2006, uh, soon to be followed by, by my daughter in 2007. And, and all of us, uh, Tina and I, uh, and our daughter and our son have, have made multiple trips back. Um, and I think uh, for us, uh, Seeing the impact that it had on our kids, uh, seeing um, the profound experience that they had, uh, really was was something that that piqued our interest. Even though uh, we had been, um, you know, th- these teams had been launched through Muskoka Woods in 2001, and and we had watched many teams go over. Um, we did not make that trip ourselves into until 2007, but when we saw the, the profound experience that it had on our own kids, uh, that was, that was for, for us, that was the thing that, that really, um, when the penny dropped, I think. And, and, and for our, our own kids, for their spouses who have been, and for so many others, um, you know, it has had an effect on, on, on vocational choices. Um, my daughter is involved in social work. She works with um, adults and, and youth uh, with physical and psychological challenges. Um, my son is a teacher. My daughter-in-law is a teacher. My son-in-law is in his uh, Masters of Social Work program. Um, all of them, though, were affected in a profound way by their experience in Muskoka Wood, uh, or in Romania. And while those, that might have been a career path they had been on already, uh, I think what, what their opportunity to participate in a short-term experience did was affirmed some of their gifting and, 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 and fueled um, their passion. Uh, on the flip side, last year we took a young man from England who happened to be working for us at Muskoka Woods for a year. Uh, James was a wonderful man. He is a wonderful man. Actually, he still works for us. Uh, had done, 
had done a, a short-term mission, six-month uh, mission down in, in, in Africa and wanted to come to Romania with us and um, was very excited we got over to Romania and four days in, he declared to, to the entire team that he had discovered that particular day that he did, really, did, did not like kids. They were, they were just a lot of work. And, 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 and that's actually meant to be a funny story because it was quite a profound uh, realization for him. You know, he, he would rather be behind the scenes putting on roofs and putting up walls than on, on the front line working with kids. And, 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 and to watch him push himself over, over the course of two and a half weeks in a, in a good way and to engage even though he had come to this realization early on, uh, was amazing. Uh, it was an amazing learning experience for him and, and for all of us. Um, Bob and Rondi, Bob Fukumoto, Rondi Tompkins, uh, two individuals who worked for Muskoka Woods back in 2001 and were responsible for taking the first team over to Romania, uh, are now co-directors along with a woman in Romania, uh, Dina Nikita. The three of them uh, um, oversee Impact Romania together. Uh, Dean is the director of Pascu Pass. Bob and Rondi work on this side, and um, and so you know they now work full time for Impact Romania. But it all flowed from this opportunity to go over for two weeks back in 2001. And I could go on. I mean, uh, Luke, uh, you know, we've got people who have become pastors. We've got you know young leaders right now that are still working for for camp, um, um, where they've been just you know changed, transformed. Uh, impacted. You know, it's, I think it's important to name people and name the stories. I remember when our team last year with Josiah Venture came back and, and people on the team shared here in worship, they, they named several of the people that they mm -hmm. came into contact with by name and we prayed for them. And, and Luke, Luke takes that time to name who the apostles are and mm -hmm. these people are, had their lives, um, lives changed. Um, Mike, just to, to bring it to a conclusion here. So we're, we're, um, we're starting to see that, um, I mean, I can't help think that Mr. and Mrs. Body, John and Marie Body, who are our founders, hmm. um, Muskoka Woods, who, you know, in their growing up years at Calvary Church, were very committed to um, international mission around the world for many years and backed it up financially in significant ways. I, 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 it would be amazing. Hmm. I think they'd be so delighted and happy that now um, Muskoka Woods is being used by God to to really reach out and to continue to touch the world and to train young, economically privileged Canadian kids uh, in the way of Jesus, in the way of compassion. Um, just the, the way that um, you know our high school ministry is taking us to one place and the possibility for, for now we're thinking about alumni and their families mm -hmm. and how that international experience, that cross-cultural um, relationship experience and, and mission um, can really be, um, be good. Um, Mike, thank you um, for, for coming. I know you have tons more to share, um, but you, you were raised a Presbyterian, and so we've got some boundaries here that we need to, uh, and I uh, we need to honor. Um, 